Peace, everyone. This is Ewan and Annie, star host of the Dynasty Podcast. I will not have a guest this week. I will be going. Solo on that ass. Yeah, man. So this episode will be kind of like a prequel to the season opener and season like preview that I'm going to do next week. But um, you know, before we do that, I'm going to get into um, the Dukies, man. You know, there, there, um, there was a, a certain Duke player from a different um, sport that had a breakout game, you know, and, it, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, man, but you know where I'm going, going with this, so, once again, it's Evil to Andy Star, host of the Dynasty Podcast, let's just get right into it. Yeah, for the first segment, this is going to be all about the Blue Devils, the Dukes, the Dukies, and, you know, we got our very own Dukie here in New York, R.J. Barrett, you know, First off, you know, he's, his family's from New York. His, um, his mom and dad, you know, they moved um, to Canada and, um, you know, they, with um, RJ, whatever. So he was raised out there. But every summer, he came to New York to visit relatives. You know, I don't know if he spent, you know, the summer down here, you know, dolo, you know, just with his fam and whatever. But he did spend a lot of time here, according to him. And um, he, he got to, he, you know, he got, he got to get a, get a chance to get the New York City hot dogs and ride the train and get the pizza and stuff like that. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, RJ is some kind of West Indian or something. So you could just add that culture to there. Like if, if, if you're from Brooklyn or whatever, you know all about that whole culture and stuff. So all that stuff is enriched in him. So he's ready, man. He's, he, know, he already knows what, um, what he's getting himself into as far as the fans and stuff like that. Because, um, you know, he's from Canada, and I'm quite sure his family gave him a lot of shit here. You know, so I would love to ask him about all of that. But, um, you know, you know, he, he came from Duke, but he wasn't the star in Duke. The, everybody knows the big star for um, for Duke was um, Zion. But um, the story that is forgotten in all this mix is that R.J. Barrett was the number one um, player in his draft class. You know, not, not draft class, in his high school class. Since um you know since since way back then he was always just the number one even as far back as junior high school and stuff like that as as soon as they started he was old enough to be ranked he was always like the, the like the top ranked player like if you go into all the websites the NBA Draft Nets of the world and stuff like that they all had R J the number one pick and this guy Zion he was um always like out of the top five you know ten eight you know six in some some mock drafts but he never was a top five guy up until. He played for Duke because the question with, with Zion was whether somebody as big as him it could um could play on that level because if you see all his highlights in high school he's just like jumping over like five you know four foot eleven guys you know this is kind of ridiculous a little bit and then you know he didn't really display too much um basketball skill everything was just him dunking and stuff so he he was ranked really low coming into not really low but lower than than what he got drafted you know so anyway he came in there and and like bust out of his sneakers and jump right right out the gym into the number one number one pick and you know that's it was unanimous everybody wanted him to be the number one pick and then like another player that you know just happened to be playing with um zion in um, aau basketball growing up is um john morant and he, he burst on the scene too because he wasn't even on anybody's list until the um until the college basketball season started so i mean you know we got these two players whatever and now all of a sudden the guy that was ranked number one since since they started ranking him as a as a individual, all of a sudden now RJ Barrett is like, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe the Knicks should get this guy, maybe the Knicks should trade down, or oh, you know, you know, oh, we, if we don't get Zion, we're gonna be in trouble, you know, or whatever. RJ's still a beast, man. 
Like you, you can see him in preseason. Preseason, he didn't have a, a a good beginning to the preseason, and I gave him shit for that too. But um, you know, it's well deserved, man, because he he didn't he didn't play well. But I mean, you know, you know the guy could play. So eventually, he did play well. The like almost say like the last three games, last three or four games, he played really really well. So I mean, that's the R.J. Barrett that we're gonna get this season. So I mean, it's all there's also of course it's gonna be like a um like a growing period in the beginning, because I mean like the the I believe um well Trent well. The media day is, is September 30th, and then training camp starts the next day, October 1st. So after the media day gets out the way, you know he's gonna he's gonna put on the show. You know that already. The guy the guy is just like made for like the camera. He's just so cool and calm and stuff. So I'm quite sure he's gonna put on the show on on Monday and then Tuesday, on October 1st when it's time to get busy in training camp. That's gonna be the real test because um you know you know a lot of people, especially me, are giving R.J. Barrett the automatic start at at the two guard. But you can't forget about Alonzo Trayer. Trayer last year he was showing a lot of signs, and you know there's been a lot of talk and stuff that he's giving the guys the business in, in um in these um you know impromptu scrimmages the Knicks have been doing all over the summer. They they kind of been barnstorming a little bit, traveling together, going all, all around, you know, doing these pickup games and stuff. So I mean Alonzo Trayer is, is getting a reputation that he's just like destroying guys out there. So of course you got him. Then you got Wayne Ellington is also a, a veteran. Don't forget about Damian Dotson. Damian Dotson, whole team is still on the team. So, I mean, he wants to show everybody that he still could play. You know, because, I mean, for me, he's not even in the rotation, not even in, in the thought process, whatever. But, I mean, he wants to show people what he can do. And then, you know, you also got Frank Nielakina, you know, that, that um, Alan Hahn, out of all people, said that, that he that he likes him starting next to Dennis Smith. Man, if if Frank Nielakina is starting over R.J. Barrett and Alonzo Trier and Wayne Ellington, there's something's wrong, man. That means that we could that we're gonna we're gonna be tanking for the rest of the year, and um we really don't want to do that, right? The tank the word tank should be further from the equation as can be right now, but you know we'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But this is this is keep it with the Dukies thing here, man. So you know I already talked about Zion. Zion came burst on the scene and he's the number one pick and whatever. You know of course RJ was has been the number one prospect since God knows when. But let's talk about the guy that the Giants had drafted. Um, Daniel Jones, when the when the Giants drafted, as soon as the the um the Giants started getting the buzz that they were interested in him, all the fans, all the media was like, oh here we go, you know they they, they should have drafted, they should have got a quarterback the year before, when uh, when we drafted the um running back, now look at them, they're gonna go for scraps and get this guy, Daniel Jones, they just like him because he looks like Manning, you know. Anyway, then you can see Manning and and um you know. Both brothers actually, you know, you know, talking to him on the sidelines and stuff, or when it was, uh, I think when it was like a Pro Bowl. I, don't, I forgot what it was, but you could see them, and then like the media starting to swirl their bullshit, but like, oh, here we go, we're gonna get another, um, you know, Manning and whatever. So anyway, fast forward to the draft, we drafted dude, you know, and then everybody went crazy. You got Bleacher Report was the first one because as soon as after they 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 um, drafted, they jumped right on it and they, they give their opinion. The guy the guy that was on Bleacher Report was so like adamant of that it was like the dumbest thing the Giants ever did. They don't know like no, like nobody knew what the hell the Giants were doing. You know, but I mean all due respect, if you look at the vi the um, videotape, I didn't really see anything that was wrong with his mechanics. He was launching that ball out there. It wasn't really he wasn't I didn't see anything wrong with that. I didn't see anything wrong with his mobility. His um his um height and his strength seemed pretty good too you know he looked like a poised dude you know he, he also plays for duke and stuff like that so you know the media attention and all that 
you know and of course you know he knows RJ Barrett and Zion and all these guys so the cameras was always there in Durham looking for them so he you know he, he was all, all all a part of that whole thing he you know it wasn't just um, wasn't just the basketball team so um that just shows you right there that Daniel Daniel Jones is ready for the for the BS that the New York is going to bring because they've been dealing with it this whole time and then sure enough um, Daniel Jones first game he shows up two touchdowns um, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and then he had over 300 something um, yards a game for his first start in the, in the NFL. You know, and and it was a come from behind um, victory that was won the last second. You know, of course the other team had to miss the field goal and whatever, but still, the, it, it just makes a great story. You know what I'm saying? It's it just like like all, all these fans out there that that just that just listen to the experts so hardcore, they just, they forget what they're looking at themselves. You know, they, they they can't develop their own opinion about the way a guy plays. You know. So I mean, like, you know, and and also they they forget the they forget that the guy was ranked for for like since he was like a little kid, you know, all three of the guys really, you know. But um, you know, let's 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 not let's not sell these guys short, man. I think R.J. Barrett is definitely going to be a stud. Now, I'm not expecting him to have a Daniel Jones kind of game, but Daniel Jones had like like one of the better performances in Giants history at at freaking um at um quarterback. You know, in that one game, but I mean, I don't expect RJ to be blowing the doors off, twenty-five points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists type of type of career. You know, I mean, not career type of um, intro, but I mean, I expect him to 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 be legit. You know, whatever that means. You know, you got you know, of course, you got Dennis Smith Jr. Everybody calls him a, sh- a scorer, not really good good passer, but like I said, plenty of times he's already averaged fourteen and five. So I mean, if, and and it looks like Dennis Smith has gotten better. He's gotten the swagger back. He's healthy, you know. Much improved um, um, skill set in the, as it was shown in the summertime. If he brings that to the NBA, he's 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 going to improve on the fourteen and five that he's been doing so far. So if he so if Dennis Smith improves on the fourteen and five, what what can he get? Maybe what like like eighteen and six? Maybe eighteen and six? Eighteen and seven? Eighteen and eight? Maybe. You know, these are the type of numbers that Dennis Smith could possibly bring to the next next year. So if um, Dennis Smith Jr. is getting busy on that level, then um, that just makes things so much easier for RJ. And then add um, Julius Randle. I expect Julius Randle to, to to drop 25 a game because he already did 21, 8, and um, what was it, 3? Three? 3 assists he, he got? He's already putting up great numbers as it is. So I mean, how can he improve on that? He added a three point shot. He 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 could shoot threes. He always could shoot threes. But now it looks like he could shoot threes is just as good as Melo could shoot them. Or was shooting them, you know, when he was actually an NBA player. We'll talk about that too. But I mean like if RJ if um if RJ um excuse me, if Dennis Smith Jr. could play what what we think he could play, you know, to the to the next in the next step up. And if um Julius Randle could take his twenty one points a game and bring it up to twenty five and then of course we got Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is a legit um forward in the NBA, whether you want to call him a power forward or a small forward. He could play small forward. The guy has a lot of finesse to that to his game. You know, so I mean him at the small forward averaging like around 13, 14 points a game. Julius Randle possibly averaging as much as 23, 25 points a game. Then you got Dennis Smith Jr. with possibly around 16, 17, 18 points a game. You know, those are three players right there. And then you add uh, Mitchell Robinson with the lobs because you can't leave him open. If you leave Mitchell Robinson open with all these guys, because because Mitchell Robinson is going to be open because because you can't you can't um you can't like play off of these other guys. So so I mean, if um if you play off with um Mitchell Robinson, they're gonna find him. Everybody's a good passer. Um, Morris is a good passer. 
um, Dennis Smith Jr. is a good passer, and um, um, Julius is a, is a good passer. Add that mix together, and then throw, throw in your, on your boy RJ, and bam, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something to be to be um, to be happy about, man. Something to look forward to. So I mean, just look out for that, man. I'm I'm all rooting for that boy RJ Barrett, man, and then. You know, I, I actually really, really hope I can get an opportunity to um, to talk to the to the kid, to the kid, man. So, the Onyx Podcast, man. Somebody putting the good word. All right, let's hit the next segment. Now, I already set the table for the preseason. The um the first game of the preseason actually starts tonight. Some kind of um like international game, whatever. But media day is September 30th. Then October 1st begins training camp. The Knicks' first preseason game, like I said, was October 7th. We're playing the Washington Wizards. Now we're playing the Washington Wizards actually at the um capital one arena out there in dc so i mean that's that actually sounds like a like a game that um that um like a knicks fan should go to because i mean what's the let me, let me do it right now because i mean from here to dc is like like a hop skip and a jump you could jump on the boat bus or whatever let's do this um capital one arena doing the google right now capital how do you spell capital cap capital <laughs> Capital One Arena. You know, like this. This is like the the new age where where like short type is is um is king. So trying to spell things nowadays is like the hardest thing. Anyway, it's about it's a four hour drive to um the Capital One Arena. That's like the D.C. area, yo. That that's that's the move right there. I think that's something that we can do. So we'll see, man. You might actually see. Your boy Erud Any Star out there in DC checking out this um this Knicks game, man. We'll see. It's on a Monday. You know, I know a lot of people work on Mondays, so it's, it's gonna be hard pressed to find a New Yorker making that trip. But I mean, I think I'm gonna actually do that. Cause I never, I never, I never really been to an NBA game outside of New York. Like I, when I was out in LA, I tried to um to try to catch um like a, a Clippers game actually. Cause um, it was like the Lakers game was kind of like almost impossible to do at the time, but um, you know, when I was out in LA, it, was, it wasn't last year. It was the it wasn't this year. It was the year before I tried to get out there, and um, you know, of course the Nets, you can watch a Nets game or whatever, but um, I never really seen a game outside of New York, so I think I think that might be a plan, man. I don't know what's going on with um John Wall and the rest of their team, or whatever. I know they got Huchimura from um from you know Gonzaga. You know, and they got a couple other players there too that that's pretty good. That's like up and coming kind of players. So that'll be interesting to go out there just to see see what goes on in, in the other arenas. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm like really looking forward to the, the season to start. But um, that first preseason game, home game for the Knicks, that's gonna be against the Wizards as well. And uh, I believe that's the 11th. Let me see if I can pull that up. Uh, preseason game for the Knicks is on the 11th. Yep. And you know, I'm just looking at the tickets for the Knicks, man. Yeah, you, for the same section in um in in the Capital One Arena for like thirteen dollars, which would be it would be like in um like the top bowl, right? So the a similar ticket in in the Garden is actually sold out. But let's go to the next section to the left. Um, I'm looking at seventy five dollar tickets for a preseason game in section two. Two, three. I mean, come on, that is crazy. Preseason. I mean, you would, you would, you would think that that they would um drop the prices. Let's, let's check. Um, like, well, that's that's basically center court. Two twenty. Was that two twenty three? All right. Let's look over at um. Let's say something like um. 
let's go up to, up top to um to 305 305 is open let's see what's going on for 305 305 okay 306 i don't see anything for 306 everything looks to be sold out let's check 301 all right 301 69 dollars all the way up in 301 that's the bridge that's the freaking um you know whatever the hell that is lord have mercy uh, let's be funny and go to section um 102 section 102 69 dollars too yeah i mean i guess that's all right let's go to 116 116 69 dollars 116 is not so bad i mean 69 dollars is not too bad for 116 i mean but it's like why does it have to be so much for these games man i mean it's preseason preseason you should give the fans like a little you know a little bit of um leeway because i mean you know you're gonna hit us hard during the season so i mean let, let the fans that can't really afford tickets get a chance to get close to look at these players i mean because you know guys are not really going to play 40 minutes a game they're going to be playing like you know you know little bit roles and like the the guys that are trying to make the team are going to want to play so i mean give the give um fans a shot to see players they didn't they never had never seen before you know you know so i mean you know, even let me, let me go down to the is this open this section open the vipw no nah, that shit is not open yeah that stuff is not open either but i mean it's just weird man Let's check the other one, the other side over here on 319, 319, 69. All right, so I guess 69 is like the going price for the um for a preseason game. I see 65 and or 415. Let me see. Let's check this corner over here, the dead corner. It's still 65. So you're looking at 65, 69 dollars. I guess that's all right. I know I'm complaining a little bit, but I mean, come on, man. You gotta give, you gotta throw the Knicks a bone. You got um, the Knicks fans a bone, man. Yeah, man. So I'll, let's see what happens, man. I think I might might try to do that too. I might try to grab one of these tickets for that first um preseason game in the garden, man. Cause ain't nothing like going to the garden and to see the wood down, pause for the first time. That the smell of the garden. I know the Rangers are already occupying the um the the arena right now, but I mean you know Ranger fans they they got their own thing going on over there. But I mean there's something different when they when they throw that hardwood right on top of there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're a fan of the podcast, man, I haven't heard that guy in a while, man. Usually, like about a quarter to eleven, that's when I usually start recording. Sometimes he usually pops out there on his way, I guess, going to work or something, man. One of these days, I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna just catch him before he takes off, you know. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, that's that's something to think about too. The, the preseason game, just to get out there and just like, you know, eat something or whatever, real good. Take a nice dump in the in the um, in the bathroom one time and get it nice and ready for the for the for the start of the season, man. Yeah, man. It's just great to. I just love it, man. I just love to look at the look at the view from the um, from the map too. <laughs> when you click the map, the interactive maps, you can see like the the view. Oh man, it's just amazing. Man, it's nothing like being a Knicks fan, man. Nothing like being a Knicks fan. Nothing like watching basketball in New York, the mecca, man. People don't realize it, man. It's not the mecca because the Knicks are winning or used to win. It's the mecca because this is where basketball. I mean, okay, basketball didn't come from. It, basketball, did, I don't even think it came from America. I think I think that dude that dude that started it, Dr. Naismith, is that his name or whatever? Is, I think he might have been Canadian or some shit. Anyway, I'm not I'm not fact checking none of that shit. But I mean, um, basketball is a New York game, man. Every, the all all of the famous shit that was that happened back in the days when basketball first started all happened in New York first, 
you know, then you can trickle that shit over to Chicago and then other other places like Baltimore and things like that. Or Philly. You know, can't forget about Philly. I'm going to just shoot it over to the Midwest, Indiana. You know, I give props to everybody. California, most definitely. You know, of course, down south, Houston, Dallas area. You know, there's all, a whole bunch. Of, I mean, basketball, this this country is huge. There's a lot of the tradition and whatever, man. But there's nothing like the, like New York. It's the Mecca, man. Straight like that. You can't really say nothing, nothing more than that. Yeah, because I mean, we take it back to the fifties. Take it back even further than that, you know. It's just, it's just great, man. And I can't, I can't wait to start this thing off, bro. Yeah. So I mean, the for like the real games, I'll, I'll be at the first game, the open season opener. I'll be with um the Omni fan. We're gonna be up in the suites and stuff. So I'll be out there nicked out, you know. So if you, if you guys out there see me out there, I'm gonna try to wear something. You know, to uh, you know, some kind of like Dire Knicks related stuff, maybe like like a hat or something like that. So if you see me out there, man, say what up, man. I'll, I'll be happy to see you. And then um, I'll be at, like I said, I'll be at the um, the the game against um, Brooklyn, and I'll be out there with Anthony Donahue in, in the in the Orange and Blue crew out there. And um, you know, we'll just we'll see what happens, man. This is a great time to be a Knicks fan. So um, let's um, bust down that next segment. So let's get into like the really, really, really early predictions for top draft choices for 2020. Now I'm just gonna run down the names. You got James Wiseman. James Wiseman is a center. He's he's been talked about for years too, just like RJ Barrett has. Then you got Anthony Edwards, he's a shooting guard. Uh, what else we got here? We got um, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, that's um, Greg Anthony's um, son. That kid is nice, man. He could start. He could, I'm not gonna say start, but he can actually play in the NBA right this minute. He doesn't need to go to the NBA. That guy, that kid is nice. Same thing with James. Um, with James Wiseman, he I, I think he can go straight to the NBA as well. Then um, I'm looking at another guy, somebody from um, Maccabi Tel Aviv. His name is um, Denny Avidaja, whatever. He's a shoot, shooting guard, small forward, kind of tweener kind of guy. And I've seen some clips of him. He's, he's pretty good too. But like the the number one guy out there being talked about is Lamella Ball. Now you know the whole ball name. You know with Lonzo Ball and um, and his his brother what was what's his brother's name? Um, I forgot. Lately, um, not Leangelo. Um, is it Leangelo? Anyway, the Paul family. You know they they've been through a lot. You know they, they, their their mom is sick and stuff like that. So I don't want to get into talking bad about you know the father Levar Ball and all this other stuff. But I mean this kid, um, the Mellow Ball. This kid is the real deal, man. I mean. He's played in high school in the beginning where he played where like as a freshman he was like bussing everybody's behind playing really well with his with um with Lonzo and um and his and his other brother. You know, they they all, they all three of them were playing really good in um, Chino Hills and then, then he took him out of school and he was playing in Lithuania and then he ended up playing in, in like the the Drew League and not just playing but destroying these guys. Now I understand that Lithuania was really more like a um like a underage kind of league, you know, or like like um like kind of it wasn't really like a true pro league it was just like a showcase kind of thing so that um that that um Lonzo was playing I mean not Lonzo that um Lamelo was playing in him and his brother they was like getting something stupid like seventy point games and stuff like that you know that was really like a showcase for the kids and for the brand for the um for the um you know the big baller brand um thing that they were doing anyway. The real, the real, um, no, the, excuse me. Then he also came back to um, high school and he played for for Spire last year. That's that one of the top um, high school teams in the country, and he played pretty well. 
they didn't. Um, I don't think they won a championship or anything like that. They got beat by another team, but I mean, he was still pretty good. But I mean, like the real, the real test was for him to play against men, you know. And then you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff being said about college basketball. It goes on boy again, but I mean, a lot is being said about college basketball or whatever. But I mean, the Australian league, the Australian league is one of the top leagues in the NBA. And not excuse me, not the NBA in the world, the Australian league. Some of the top leagues, you you want to say like um, the Polish league is pretty good. Um, you know, the Spanish league is pretty good. There's a couple of leagues out there that are good, but the Australian league has got to be like one, two, or three leagues in the NBA that's just like dominant with dominant players and stuff like that. And and we all know about Australia and and um and the products they put out. Even the females, they have like um that the young lady that plays for the um Vegas. You know she's awesome, man. I got let me see if I can find her name while while I'm talking here. But I mean, like the the talent, the talent there is um is is crazy, you know. So I mean, like Lamar, um, I keep saying Lamar, but it's um the Mellow Ball. He um he was um he was dominating them out there. Not really necessarily dominating, but he was averaging twenty something points against grown men. You know, there's been other NBA players that went to Australia that played and they really play, you know, at the level that that um the Mellow was playing. So I mean that's 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 nothing to shake a stick at, man. I mean the, the guy was playing pretty good. A lot of um, you know, a lot of highlight plays, a lot, just running the floor, and not just running the floor, doing you know like one on one type stuff. He's playing team basketball. The kid is a point guard, you know, and he and he's a big guy too. Like how tall is this guy? He's got to be like six seven, six five. You know, at, at least at least he's he's taller than six five. I know that he's a big freaking kid. So I mean. The sky's the limit. I just want to say the sky's the limit for the dude, man. And, and you know, like um, when it comes to like the draft, you know, like like I I, I don't even want to say nothing about the Knicks. The, the Knicks should not be in the lottery next year. So I mean, just to even talk about the draft picks is kind of annoying. But I mean, God forbid something bad happens, man. You know, these are the guys that they were gonna go after. Cole Anthony, the number one. And Lamar, excuse me, I keep saying Lamar, but Lamella Balls, that's number two. Those are the two guys that I would want. You know, maybe, maybe even um, Wiseman. Then you got other guys too. You got the guy, this kid, Precious, that went to Memphis. He's nice too. I mean, there's so many different, you know, good good um, college players coming in next year. So, I mean, you know, college players, and like, like I said, Ball is coming out, of, is going to be coming out of um, out of Australia. So, I mean, there's a lot, lot of um, young players coming in the league next year. So, I mean, I mean, I hope the Knicks have nothing to do with them, man. I hope this is, like, uh, the beginning for the Knicks to, like, really step out of that lottery thing and really just start thinking about, really start making a play for the playoffs and stuff like that. Like I, like I said earlier on, man, and like as soon as we made our, our signings and stuff like that, I think the Knicks can get as high as, like, the sixth seed. I'm not going to say fifth because, um, you know, it's a possibility that we can even get that high. But sixth seed, I think the sixth seed is right there, man. So I mean, we got teams like the, like the Wizards that I mentioned. Like the Wizards, they have like a lot, like a lot of players that they picked up that that are just kind of like a rag type kind of group, kind of um, group they put together. And um, you know, we don't know what Wall is gonna do. So I mean, it, it really depends on on what these guys do during the season, whether guys um mesh together or if they if they play well together. All all these teams are gonna be are gonna be figuring it out, especially if they're gonna be in the six the six um, range. You know, six, 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 seven, the eight seed range. So I mean, the Knicks are right there, man. So, you know, we just, I just hope that that the Knicks, this is like the last, this is it. That, that the Knicks are just like on, just on the come up, and that's it. You know, there's, there's no, there's no like, like setbacks here. We cannot um, have another bad season. I mean, that that would destroy 
like um, casual. It would completely destroy the casual Nick fan. And then the diehard fans, man, oh my God, we're going to be hanging by the string, man. It's going to be like, I mean, I'm still going to be okay, but I'm going to be a little bit more adamant as far as my, my, my tone and the things that I'm saying on, on this, um, on this um, broadcast and stuff, man. So, man, let's, 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 let's hope for the best, man. I don't really want to keep, keep talking about it and, and put stuff into existence. But, I mean, like I said, I already got the Knicks in the, in the, in the sixth spot, and I'm not budging from there, man. So... Shout out to these young guys, and I wish them well, but stay away from the Knicks. <laughs> if you've been checking out with the podcast, I've been um been interviewing some people the last three episodes or whatever. The first one was my my um, brother-in-law. His name is, um I'm calling him Pizak. Pizak only a Tizak. And then the next guy I brought back, um, Jonathan Lower, he hit me up with his um with his antics on that episode. It's another good show. Then um I just spoke to um, Hoodie Vinces on the last one. That was a really good one. Hoodie Vintage, man. I feel like we can do a part two. So I'm going to try to hit him up and see see what we can do with that. But anyway, you know, I, I, get, I hit these guys with my best five where I just give them like a question. Like it was just, it's just not really like my top five questions or just my best five questions at the time just to get the ice to break, right? So anyway, um, I had a question um, that I would ask. is like, yo, like what's who's your like your, your least favorite Nick or like, your, like, like the Nick you just hate or whatever? So, I mean, you know, we had guys, you know, they, you know, when it comes to like, you don't really hate certain players, but, you know, Jared Jeffries was the one that sticks out to me right now. And then like, like, um, I, don't, I don't think, um, uh, Hoodie, Hoodie said anything, but for me, uh, one guy that, that really sticks out, you know, shout out to Scotty Brooks. Another guy that sticks out for me that's recently, that was just on the team last year is Mr. Lance Thomas, the captain, Lance Thomas, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like the the dude, the dude physically, physically he has everything. He has all the the um the um physical tools. He he looks, he he kind of has like a like a body like a Ron Artest, just the way that he walks. You know, Ron is a little bit more like stockier, more stiffer, but um they they kind of like the same kind of like build and whatever. But so like but but um when Lance moves and just the way that he talks, he's always talking the seriousness of of the way that he moves. That you would think that he's just about to drop forty on you and he's gonna get a triple double and all this other stuff. I mean, but the guy he he would play thirty minutes and he's like his stats are worse than than Frank's, but you know he's supposed to be an asset because he can shoot the three. So I mean, like one year I think he shot like forty something percent from the three. I mean, but he's complete trash just because just because those three point numbers were, were great. Anyway, that that's not the point I'm trying to make here. But you you if you follow the NBA, you know by now that Lance signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Now. You know, I say all of this to say that, like, yo, what is going on with Carmelo Anthony? I mean, this is, like, really becoming, like, like, like embarrassing, like a shit show. Because, I mean, everybody knows it's not something that's up for debate. Everybody knows that Carmelo Anthony could play the game of basketball. There's no way in hell that, especially after the rumors, that it was in the media, heavy in the media, that Kyrie and, and um, KD were trying to get um, the Nets to sign um, um, with Brooklyn. I mean, the, to get the necessary sign, um, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Carmelo Anthony worked out with the team and everything. You know, he worked out with the Knicks. He, he worked out. He's been he's been out there. He's there. He's on Chris Brickley. Everybody has a phone. Everybody knows how to look at it. Everybody knows what Carmelo's doing. And for for the Brooklyn Nets to sit here and and um, offer Lance um, Thomas a contract before Melo is just ridiculous. 
It's absolutely ridiculous. Now I understand you want to keep the chemistry. You have certain guys that you already have set in your in your starting five and in your rotation. So you need leadership off the bench. Okay, so you got Lance Thomas. That's great, man. But I mean, it, it's it's this is becoming like like um, it's becoming really comical, man. Somebody needs to sign this guy. I mean, like, okay, my own team, the Knicks. Should the Knicks sign um Carmelo Anthony right now? No, because we just have too many forwards right now. We got. As many power forwards as you want to imagine. Plus, you got Kevin Knox here too. So I mean, you, I already, like I said, I already penciled Marcus Morris as a starting small forward. We got Julius Randle as a starting power forward. We got uh, Bobby Portis and we got Kevin Knox. So we can't sign Melo. That's gonna be it's gonna cause like drama in the locker room on day one. You know, because there's no way we're gonna be able to have any minutes to play Melo. You know, but like a team like the Nets, man. You know, I, I can you know I can go through their roster. They don't have anybody as good as um, Melo at the at the forward spot. Especially with Lance here now, you know they have nobody to uh, this good as Melo. So I mean, I don't really don't know what's going on with this man. This has got to be like some, some like real black bull stuff going on here in the NBA. I mean, it's happened before, you know. Famously, Iverson. Iverson's not the only one. You got other players out there that that um they still had some something left in the tank and they just like just forgot about them, you know. Shout out to. I'm not gonna shout out anybody, but just, just, just people. People know who they are. You know, you just go down the line for every generation. These guys, you know, out of nowhere, just, they just get, you know, just disappear. And I wonder what happened to that guy. You know, so I mean, it sucks for Melo. I don't, I don't know what Melo's gonna do, man. Like I say, if he doesn't um, get on the team now, right, he still has the chance to to possibly make a team. You know, like right after Christmas. Usually after Christmas, they start messing around with the roster, start dropping players and stuff like that. Then, of course, the trading deadline after the you know once the All Star break comes through, and then also like um, you know hired guns like like right before the um, you know you have the, the like the deadline to get your NBA playoff rosters together. You can sign a player to, so they can make the, to make the team. So I mean, Melo still has a long way to go, man. But I mean, I'm quite sure he wants to get that competition. So what is he gonna do? Is he gonna go overseas? Would he be willing to do that? Would he be willing to go to like um like a um Australian league and play? Would he be willing to go to like say go play in Puerto Rico just for fun? You know, since since um you know since he has ties in Puerto Rico, would it would it be something for him to do like that over there? Or maybe even stay local and, and play um in the the new um is it the C no excuse me the ABA the new ABA. It's um it's not the same ABA from back in the days, but it's affiliated because some of the people that still that owned the ABA back then are affiliated with the, the new ABA. But I mean the ABA is kind of weird too because there's like too many they got too many teams over there, and um you know they actually um signed this that dude um the dude that was uh, ranked higher than um LeBron. Uh, what's the guy's name? Let me take a pause for a second. Yeah, sorry about that. That's, that's your boy Lenny Cook. You know Lenny Cook. He's actually playing for the ABA right now. I don't know what he could do because, you know, he had a bad car accident. He had, you know, bouts with a whole bunch of different things, man. He's a good dude now. You know, he, had, he got humbled and stuff like that. He's a good kid. He's out there helping people, you know, you know, succeed and stuff like that. He got a family and stuff like that. So no shade to Lenny Cook and all, nothing nothing like that. But, but um, you know, Melo could go over there and maybe, you know, bring some light to that league, you know. There's so many different things that, that could possibly happen, man. So I mean, it's just it would be interesting to see what what does happen, you know. And like you know, of course the big three, big three is a summer league game, so I I, I don't know, you know. It's just it's just like a really really silly kind of like a, a silly um storyline, man. I mean, I really hope that that Melo could, Melo could um could find real closure in his career, man, because it would be suck for him to to retire like this. Because I mean, I, I think the dude could still give you 15 a game, easy. 
You can easily give give a team 15 a game, you know, especially if the team uh, is lacking. You know, if they're lacking in certain things, I'm, I'm quite sure that um, he can come in there and give you 28 point, excuse me, 28 minutes a game and give you um, 15 points, easy. Anyway, man, let's um, let's wrap this up, bro. Yeah, that's a wrap for today, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Ewu, the Any Star host of the Dynex podcast. This has been basically like a, a end of the summer kind of podcast. The next podcast, like I said, I'm gonna be getting into the season opener, the season premiere, the season preview, whatever you want to say. You know, that's what's been going on with all the podcasts out there. I'm most more than likely gonna have a guest and um, I have somebody to go back and forth with when it um, with stats and stuff like that. So. Tune in for that, and I would like to thank everybody once again for for just tuning in this whole year. It's almost um, getting close to the anniversary of the podcast, so I'm trying to think of something good to do, you know, to kind of celebrate it and stuff like that. So tune in for that. But um, you know, I also want to shout out to um, Clyde's Wine and Dine. I actually went to like a wine tasting. I meant to mention that a little earlier, but I mean, yo, Clyde's Wine and Dine, the the, the all the the whole staff is great. You know, just the the location is great too. You know, because it kind of just sits there. It sits in a spot where it's, it's just a really good spot. has good good energy in that spot for some reason. But inside, I mean, it's like, you know, Clyde, Clyde's um, restaurant, you don't know if it wants to be upscale. You don't know if it wants to be uh, a, a regular bar or whatever. But, it, you know, what, what like I said, what, what makes everything good about the place is the staff. The staff is, is excellent there. Because, I mean, from from the time you come in, everyone greets you, greet you well to make sure that you was good hooked you up, whatever, and then they'll let you just do your thing, they'll let you, whatever, because, I mean, it's it's more more of a mature crowd there, there's not really a lot of young people there at, at all, you know what I'm saying, so whoever's there is mature, they're doing whatever, it was a wine tasting, it was all kind of people that was there, you know, so people were promoting themselves there, trying to network and stuff, so that was really nice, you know, so um, the best thing was, is, that, is um, they got their basketball court there, you know, so like a, a day like that where it's a wine tasting thing, everybody's there drinking wine and stuff. Not too many people were shooting around. So the so me and my sister, my crazy sister, she she was like all about shooting around. So she got in there, especially shooting around with her brother too. You know, she gets hyped up because she just wants to like, you know, me, me and my sister have that kind of bond when it comes to basketball and just sports in general. She's like, she's like a, a super tomboy, you know. So we were in there shooting. And uh, one of the guys that um, that we met there, that I didn't get his name, but I figured out his name later. Later after that, um, he said he he caught us in there shooting. He said he thought it was like like the, the, that um that my sister was trying out for the WNBA or something the way that she was carrying on in there. So then it got really crazy because it was like some, some guys came in there, uh, like another young lady. They had like a shoot off, so that was kind of dope to see. So it's nice, man. Basketball brings people together, man. So yeah, I don't want I don't want to make this segment too long. This is an outro, so. You know, so I like once again I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and just keep on tuning in, man. Like I said, things are gonna get better and better as time goes on. I'm gonna start adding different things. It is gonna get colder, so it's gonna be make things a little bit a little bit weird as the as the season goes on, but we're gonna make it happen, man. I love the Knicks. And um if you love the Knicks, man, then guess what? I love you too. Oh <laughs> Yeah, alright man. It's Ewood Any Star once again. Four fingers to the door him, tucking your thumb, salute. See you guys in the next one, man. Stay in two for that one. That's the season premiere, season preview. Come get some. All right, peace. This is a Gorilla Podcast Network production.